The weather is finally getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince. Now I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year, like premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost like the middleman that passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. I am so excited. I have two gorgeous, lightweight cashmere sweaters coming my way. One camel, one heather gray. I cannot wait to wear them in the warmer months when it's chilly in LA. Throwing them over my shoulders. Going to look so cute. Can't wait. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash judging Megan for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash judging Megan to get free shipping and 365 day returns quince.com slash judging Megan. And now back to the podcast. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah soft made with Tencel. It's so breathable with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. You are listening to Judging Megan with your host, Megan Judge. I'm going to, I usually tell my story in the beginning, but I am just so excited to have my guest on today. My guest is my former therapist, Um, she is, she also is a trauma bond expert. She has a new book coming out in January called run like hell. You can pre-order it on Amazon comes out in January of 2024. And she is an all around badass and I adore (laughs) her. And I honestly can tell you she was my very first guest on the podcast. So how fitting that my three-year anniversary is right now. We've all been put here for a reason and we all deserve acceptance. Judging Megan with Megan Judge. I'm a trauma survivor from a really young age and I have been diagnosed with complex PTSD in the past few years. I've been surrounded by death and abuse much of my life. I've been dragged through the mud and have been to the point of not wanting to go on anymore. Through my interviews with other survivors, I've learned that there is a way out. From recovering to surviving and thriving, we all have the strength to come out the other side. You are listening to Judging Megan. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Nay. Hi, Megan. Hi. We had a little bit of a rough go starting this. And if you're watching this on YouTube, um, I'm sorry. You can tell that I'm sweating. Number one, no, I'm not going through the change yet, but I'm probably on the brink of it. But I've just been running around my house and I couldn't get the link to work and just 
been one of those mornings, but I am so excited to have you on today and thank you for coming back. I think this is like your third or fourth time. It is my third time. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so proud of you and so happy for you. I remember when we first were discussing this idea in therapy and you were like, no, no, no. I was like, no, I think you could do it. No. So let's talk about that before we get into all the other stuff. So I talk to my audience a lot about, um, you know, their mental health. I started this. If you're a new listener, thank you for listening and just tuning in. But a lot of my listeners, I'm grateful, have been with me, some from the beginning, some, you know, past year or so. I never know who's listening. I just was saying the other day, I have a bunch of listeners in in Japan, all over the world. Who would have thought when you used to, yeah, when we, so Dr. Nay was my therapist. She is pretty famous. So if you've watched the movie, The Wolf of Wall Street, she was married to Jordan Belfort, who is portrayed by Leonardo DiCaprio in the movie. And then uh, more recently, Margot Robbie, who everybody knows as the, my kids at least, and I've seen the Barbie movie two times. So Margot Robbie portrayed Dr. Nay in the movie. And let me just tell you that um, it's a very even field of who's more beautiful in person. I don't know. I I really don't. And recently, Dr. Nay had a grandchild. And I I don't know what you're doing, but whatever's in the water, keep doing it because it's hard (laughs) to believe because you look so young. Well, it's, you know, people are like, oh, isn't it great that, you know, Margot Robbie plays you? And I'm like, hmm, not so fun to be compared to the most beautiful woman in the world. Well, who's 20 years younger. But But that's you are. You are. I mean, you, I can remember. So we're going to backpedal a little bit. I'm lucky and fortunate enough to have you on for the hour. Um, When I first came to see you, so if you want to go all the way back to my first episode, which probably is a complete hot mess, by the way, Dr. Nay was my therapist for for probably, what, like two, three years I went to see you? And and many of my listeners know, um, and I'm very open about talking about my my issues with my own mental health, and um, I went through this horrific friend breakup, and I have a lot of trauma from my childhood And so I was at probably the worst place of my life when I first met you. And so I'm forever grateful because you kind of um, picked up this person that was pretty badly wounded and really, really helped me. And in the end, you know, you got me to go see a psychiatrist, get on medication because I was having such bad, horrible panic attacks and, you know, diagnosed with complex PTSD, which you had thought I had. And then the psychiatrist talked to me about it, all stemming from my childhood. So it kind of gave me answers. And then you were always like, Meg, you're so creative. You're so creative. You have to do something besides this. What do you want to do? And I I credit you in this article that just came out and in my book and and the chapter I wrote, which I don't know if I ever sent that to you, but I need to send you that, um, for really pushing me in the direction to, to, to start this thing. So I'm forever grateful because who would have thought that this is how your patient that was drooling in a session (laughs) would end up like making a living doing this and, you know, really 
putting mental health in at the forefront. And hopefully my hope is like you is to really help people know that it's okay to struggle. So thank you always for that. And that's the backstory. If you have any thoughts on that. Well, you know, I, I love seeing my patients thrive and you know, I always hold faith for them when they can't hold it for themselves. And I just knew there was something creative in you begging to be born. And, you know, we didn't know what exactly it was going to look like, but you're a person who went in, did the work, came to therapy every week, worked on your own trauma, learned about yourself. And then I think that created some space for you to explore this creative side. And voila, here we are. I know. I'm so it's excited. So, so, but I, I do want to always thank you for that. Cause I think it's really important. Also something that I think is important is I talk to a lot of therapists on this podcast and I've met more therapists and people in the mental health community that you can count. And as I'm sure you've met more, but they are all always shocked by how our therapist patient relationship kind of turned into something where you really weren't just a therapist, a talk therapist to me. You really kind of turned into like, and that's what I think makes you so special. So if you're a patient, your follow-up is great. You you talk to your patients like they're human beings. You're not just kind of taking notes the whole time. And I have a history throughout my life of going to therapy and having a doctor just take notes. And then you walk out and you kind of, and they look at the clock the whole time and you kind of feel violated in a weird way. So do you mind before we kind of go into your new book, talking about that and why you decided that that was something important and how to kind of make a shift? Because I've actually noticed since you've done that, it's become more common. I don't know if you've seen that as well. For therapists to be more relational and less mm-hmm. like doctor patient. Yeah, yeah. because I I was trained in a way that we're equals, we're on a collaborative journey. And we used to in therapy say, you know, oh, the therapist is a blank slate. But we're not blank slates. We have our own experiences, we have our own biases, and of course we have theory and education behind us. But um, I'd also been in therapy for 25 years. So I knew what worked and what didn't work. And I don't know, it just, I think I was just raised by a woman who trained me to be a good listener and communicator. And I love my work. And I love my patients. And I think, you know, the research has shown that much more than any theory that you do, it's your relationship that heals your relationship with them. And I believe that. I I think that too, just because I've gone to so many (laughs) throughout my life and I've had all different kinds of experiences and, you know, healing is, is, will takes the, I think is, will take the rest of my life. You know, um, I spoke to a group of women last week and part of what I talk about is from surviving to thriving. And, and I, it's, and I told them in the beginning, I was like, I feel kind of obnoxious saying, using the word thriving because yeah. I'm really not, I'm just putting on my shoes and leaving my house. You know, I mean, every step that you take every day is thriving. If you're, if yes. you're somebody that's a survivor of, you know, the things that I am or the suicidal ideations, all the things that you know about. Um, so I think that's so important to talk about, but enough about me. And all of that stuff. I really want to talk about your new book. 
and why you decided to write it. And does it really have to do with kind of telling your own story? Because the movie always had so much press and it was kind of when he, it was written, it was obviously written not from your side. So I would love to hear why you decided to write your book and when is the movie coming out? Yeah. So I decided to write my book because when I became a therapist, you know, I didn't really want to think I was going to be a trauma bond whisperer. It's not like as a little girl, I'm like, you know, one day I'm going to help women escape from trauma bonds. Right. That wasn't ever my intention, but I wanted to help people with anxiety, depression, personality disorders and couples. And so that's how my practice originally started. But then what happened is when I got my doctor, it was when the movie came out. And of course, I was like, who the hell is going to want to come to me now? But actually, the opposite happened. People wanted to come because they were like, wow, if you went through this and you're over here, you're walking your talk. And then what happened is I just saw so many women coming in in this sort of abusive, toxic, dysfunctional relationship. And so I love to do research, as strange as that sounds. So I went back to the research and started to really do a lot of research on trauma bonds and pathological people. And just took on a life of its own. I wish I could say it was some grand plan, but it wasn't. And then I just decided, you know what? I'm going to write a book. And my book is not a memoir. It's not like my story, but it is about trauma bonds. And I take four different couples in the beginning that are trauma bonded and use them to explain all the clinical terms because I don't want people to fall asleep, right? I want to keep them interested. Yeah. So that was really my journey there. And it was the hardest thing I've ever done. Do you think that, I mean, because a lot of times some of, you know, listeners over the years or, you know, I've been pretty, uh, I've spoken pretty openly about seeing you and people will always ask me, oh my gosh, what's she like? Um, How did, is that movie true? So I know you've become really huge on TikTok. Yeah. Do you think that that public personality of being of having that image of the Margot Robbie thing has really with the Barbie movie and everything has kind of like come to light and people have a certain image of you and think maybe a certain way. And that's why you're constantly trying to like fight that image or tell me about that. Yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not really trying to fight that image. I mean, listen, people are going to project all over us, as we know, right? And everybody's going to have their own ideas about who I am. And that, and that's okay. Because I know that that movie was through Jordan's lens and Jordan's narrative. But what happens, and this is why I love life, as crazy as it can be, is that everything in the universe just coincided for me to do this work. Right. When Jordan wrote that book, The Wolf of Wall Street, and then hence became a movie, even at that point, I didn't know that my clinical work was going to take this turn. But I think why people respond to me. So so what I'm doing now, though, is that I'm taking the wolf vehicle to educate women so they can feel empowered about these sorts of relationships And the ironic thing is that, you know, when Jordan wrote the book and made the movie, of course, I was like throwing a hissy fit, you know, till I surrendered into it because I can be quite dramatic. And he said to me, you have a hundred million dollar campaign to do with whatever you want. 
I don't think he thought this was what I was going to do, but that's really what happens. And then, you know, people on TikTok just like me or respond to me because of the movie for sure. But then once I hook them, then I can educate them. Yeah. And I know, I mean, I don't think my friend, one of my closest friends is because of you. So out of all the stuff that you know, being a patient of yours and then meeting one of my very close friends whose name I won't mention, but also has gone through horrific things in life. Um, I, I think it's important just knowing that your story so heavily impacted her as well in her life. And so many women that are struggling, are struggling with divorce, abuse, being in trauma bonds, um, I like to say that you don't actually have to be in a romantic relationship to be in a trauma bond. You can be in a trauma bond with a friend. I went through it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you're, what you're doing and how you turned your story around to help people is really what life's about. I mean, that's why I do what I do. That's I, I know why you do what you do. It's really, yeah. really important because people need to get out of these relationships yeah, and they need to know that they're going to be safe. Right. So tell me a little bit about that and tell, and if you're okay, if I'm going to piggyback, I love saying piggyback. I use it all the time. Um, the question is on top of what I just said, what about finding those couples? Like were these patients of yours that you kind of put in the book? Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. So, so the couples that I use to demonstrate what a trauma bond is, were just really conglomerates of all of the women that I've worked with. You know, I couldn't even make half the shit up, honestly, because I couldn't even think like these pathological people, even though I'm an expert on it too. So yeah, the, the, the women in the, of course, they're not actual women and no names are used, of course, but it's actually the betrayal, the coercive control, the lying, the emotional abuse, the manipulation, the domination, the isolation, it's all illuminated through their stories. Because also I want women to realize they're not alone and I want them to see themselves in those stories so they can feel validated and not crazy. I hear all the time um, stories about women that are afraid to get out I actually know a few. So they want to get out of these relationships. They're either financially afraid to get out or they are just afraid for their lives. They're afraid if they're mothers and they have children. Mm -hmm. What are some of, what's some advice that you tell women that come to you? Yeah. So, you know, women come to me in different stages. Some of them are in the thick of it. Some of them are in the beginning of it, right? Some of them have left. But if they come to me, let's say, while they're in the relationship, it's a very delicate process because it's the woman's decision when to leave, how to leave. And so I never put that on them. And some of them, it might take years before they leave. And that's okay because they have to feel safe enough and empowered enough to leave. And But once they do decide to leave, I have a very important piece of advice. Don't let 
your husband see you coming. You have to be very quiet about it and act like totally normal, but behind the scenes be planning your escape because once you leave and the way you leave and how it starts off has to be handled right for the rest of it to go okay. You have to start out with a good therapist, a good divorce attorney. Um, one of our good friends is a divorce coach, right? Because you need I'm to be shout her out right now, Jackie Miller, who I yeah. like. Yeah. Yeah. So so it's like, so you have to be, so you can't let them see you coming and you have to be started out right. It's much harder when women come to me and they've gone to bad attorneys and gotten to bad therapists. Not that we can't do it. We can but it's really important if you can get the right information to leave correctly, because it's a really hard thing. And post um, post separation abuse is real too. When well, I know that because I know what my a couple of my friends are going through. But when people are going through the, do you think that's why people are so afraid to leave? Do they, do you think that women even know what they're getting themselves into with the post separation abuse? piece of it? No, I don't think they do. But I always say to them, he wasn't nice to you when you were married to him. How nice you think he's going to be once you leave. And there's a symptom that I want to talk about, which is called cognitive dissonance, which is really why the woman stays because remember this person has two sides to the personality. Sometimes 25% of the time they're loving, kind, and generous. 75 to 65% of the time, they're cruel, controlling, and selfish. So you're constantly dealing with two sides of a person, which creates an internal conflict in you. Is he good or bad? Am I crazy? Or is this real? Is the relationship good or bad? So you have three layers of confusing thoughts constantly going in your, in your brain. And that's one of the reasons why it's very hard to leave. Aside from the fear, right? If you've been dominated and, you know, threatened and intimidated and emotionally and verbally abused. Do you think that, I know that Jackie actually has come on before. So yeah. for my listeners, if you want to listen to that episode, it's with Jackie Miller. She's a divorce coach. She's great. Um, but she does talk about that post-separation abuse piece of it. But what I like to think, or what I've seen friends go through is, in the end, it's worth it. It's going to be so hard. You're going to have yes. times where you're, you might lose everything. You might be fighting for the financial piece of it, but you are free. And I like to tell one of my friends that often, you know, you need, if you're, if you're listening to this and you're either going through a divorce or you have a friend that's going through it, be a good listener, number one, but also let them know that, you know, this won't, this, yeah, they might mess with you for the rest of your life in little ways. I, I know that you've said before that, can I bring that up, that yeah. you still get messed with? Yeah, but sometimes, you, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but you you learn to, you learn to like deal with it as time goes on, right? So that's I think right. that's really important. Can you talk about that? Yeah, you know, my mother taught me this. So this goes a long way back. My mom was a single mom and she she got divorced. And of course it was hard to be a single mom. But what she explained to me, when she was married in a dysfunctional relationship, that was destructive pain. But when she left and she was free and she was raising us, even though it was hard, that was constructive pain, right? 
Now she was in control of her life. She got to make the choices. And so it's worth it. That doesn't mean it's easy, but it's definitely worth it. I think it's important for people to hear that. Um, what, what? Tell me some more things that my listeners should really know about the book. And then also, I know we've brought this up on past episodes and you talk so much about your life as, you know, living through that movie. And we've kind of shared this story before your kids are grown now mm-hmm. and successful. You're in yeah. a very loving relationship. I think it's yeah. important for women to know that it's not a life sentence right. that you, you know, just like I have a different experience from you. I have to constantly work on myself. I need to be back in therapy, by the way, um, <laughs> because trauma, you, I think, takes a lifetime to heal from. Mm-hmm. And if you're not constantly working on yourself, it's going to affect your your current relationship. But there is hope for love and life after these this situation. So can you kind of talk about that? Yeah. So, you know, that's one of the first questions people always ask me, how are your children? <laughs> you know, my children are great. My daughter's a therapist. Um, she just gave birth to a beautiful boy. So I'm a Gigi and she's happily married. My son's a musician and he's doing well. They've both been in therapy, you know, for a lot of their lives. And yeah, I'm married now, oh God, for 22 years, I'm getting old. And I'll be with my husband 25 years this coming June, 2024. And it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work, but we, you know, we, unfortunately, if you're in my family, you have to work on yourself because we're either going to therapy, giving therapy, paying for therapy. So, you know, my husband and I work at it every single day, but we've come to a nice place now. And listen, when I left Jordan, there were no, I had a therapist, but nobody talked about narcissism. Nobody talked about trauma bonds. There was no information out there. Now there's so much information that you can get that can help you. Right. And that's one of the reasons why I wrote my book, because I wanted all the information in just in one book. So you don't have to grab it from here. You don't have to grab it from there. And also I wanted the information to be based on research you know, these are not just my biases. Like, yes, my bias is in there because I'm human, but this is years and years of research. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. This time of year is the worst. I feel like I can't do anything and I can't enjoy my dinner because I can't taste my food and I can't work out because I feel tired and distracted. I can't even feel like I can host this show because my voice sounds like a duck. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D, designed for serious allergy sufferers. Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. I feel like I've been using Claritin D for probably a few months now, and I have really noticed a difference. I can work out. I'm not feeling like my eyes are watering and my nose is all stuffed up. I can speak without feeling like a frog has jumped into my throat. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin 
MD at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection. Hannah soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. I think that also trauma bond has become a very over overused word lately. Like I feel like everybody thinks they're a therapist and they're using, oh, I'm in a trauma bond. I'm in this, I'm in that. But when you really break it down, explain to my listeners what it really means. Because I'm on TikTok. I find actually a ton of my guests, either I have a publicist that works with me a lot, Karina, who I love, um, or I have a couple that work with me and send me wonderful guests. But I go on TikTok all the time. And I yeah. find, I find a lot of That's my right. guests that way. So I think social media in that way is really important, but I also feel like I see I'm in a trauma bond. Like I think every single day that I'm on there, there's somebody claiming they're in a trauma bond. So break that down for my listeners, exactly sure. what it is. So a trauma bond in, in the most general terms is any dysfunctional, toxic relationship, Right where somebody is abusing, exploiting, betraying, or harming their lover or other par- or partner or person, and that lover, partner, person stays bonded to them despite the harm and the hurt. But it has to have two things for it to exist. It's not just a dysfunctional relationship. It has to have, first of all, a power imbalance. So one of the partners has to have the power, meaning they make a lot of the decisions in the relationship or They have the power because they've been threatening and dominating, intimidating, and their partner fears them, right? So you have to have a power imbalance. The second thing is you have to have intermittent abuse. A lot of people talk about a cycle of abuse. That's not correct. It's intermittent abuse, meaning the partner is kind and loving 65 to 75% of the time, harmful and hurtful and selfish the other 25 to 35% of the time. And it's the intensity of both of those experiences that ironically bonds you to your lover. So you have to have intermittent abuse and a power imbalance for it to be called an actual trauma bond. But you, but you can be in a friendship or a relationship that's that's not physical because I've been in a trauma bond. Yeah. Yeah. So as long as it has those things, right. Where somebody abuses or, you know, abuses their power. Yeah. But but in a trauma bond too, the the dominating abusive partner. This is my sentence that I think is very easy to 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 um, understand. They will use, exploit, harm, and betray you 
to get their needs met for money, power, pleasure, and status. You're like a tool on the tool belt. Yep. And that's, that's what it is. When, when you, when you do these TikToks and a lot of them happen to be, and I'm sorry, I'm bringing up TikTok so much, but I think, I think it's really inspirational, like how I've seen you grow and your popularity grow. And just, I know you and I know you're, you know, there's a lot, I say this a lot. I follow a lot of, I'm not going to name names, but a lot of, um, people that have become celebrities because they're either therapists or they are like some kind of guru and they always kind of are like, this is what, what I did to become perfect. And now I'm perfect. And they give you like <laughs> one, one, two, like wake up every day, have coffee, life is good. And then it's like, but that's not real. Like the that's thing that real. I like about you. And I think what really, um, makes you stand out and people are drawn to, I know I was drawn to you in therapy because of this and in real life is because you really like normalize life is, it's not a one, two step, you know, this is, this is constant work. And like you just said a few minutes ago, you're still in therapy. Um, you're, 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 it's a lifelong process. So do you think that's kind of made you stand out in the mental health community? You know, like I said, I think that, you know, the Wolf of Wall Street, of course, gave me a big platform mm-hmm. um, to to kind of speak about my authentic truth in my life. And here's the thing, and I work on this with my patients. We're not better than anybody. We're not worse than anybody. We're just us. And so that's really the place that I come from. I mean, I make mistakes all day long. Mm-hmm. And some And I used to be addicted to perfection and that, you know, that just set me up for like extreme madness. So I say rejection, mistakes, failure, they're all part of life. That just means we're trying. So I I think that what people maybe feel, and I don't know, but is that I'm pretty authentic. And, you know, everybody says, oh, you look so natural on those. They're really hard to do. And it took me a really, yeah. Oh my God, to (laughs) go in front of the videos. I used to hate it. I mean, I finally have like grown accustomed to it, but it's a lot of work. I spent a lot of time on the content, making the content quick and concise and just feeling brave enough to put myself out there. But it was a long journey to get there. It looks easy, but I'm like, always like people don't, I mean, mine's still a work in progress. And I'm always like, how do you do this? Cause I'm the least technical person on the planet and I do have help. Thank God. But, um, I, I, I think if people, I do want to let my listeners know, where can they follow you on TikTok? It's Dr. Nay, N-A-E-L-M-F-T. Because I'm a okay. licensed marriage and family therapist. So Okay. And that is it the same on Instagram? On Instagram, it's the real Dr. Nadine. Okay. Because here I go with my imperfection. They should probably match. Right? Yeah. But they yeah. don't. And that's okay. And now I can't change them. So um but but I wanted to say too, do you think that like I I don't know, like looking back from a a like where you were, what was that? 30 years ago when you left Jordan? How many yeah, years ago? Yeah, I'm 55 now. Yeah, I'm 55. Okay. So I left him at 30. So 25, okay. yeah. 
Okay. And like, what do you say to people that look to you, look to advice, look to your TikTok, look to you as a therapist? Mm -hmm. What's kind of the best thing that you've learned from all of this? I mean, nobody has a blockbuster movie. What's the percentage? That's very small, like 1% of the population. So (laughs) you're not going to have a a movie made about you usually people if you're listening, but (laughs) what is, what is like something like one of the key things that you tell people that you've learned from all of this? Oh my God. There's so many things. Um, Name three. Yeah. Well, I've learned that as much as we try to plan life, it just doesn't go like that. Um, I could have never, the other day I was actually at a farm in Long Island and that's where I lived with my ex-husband. And I thought to myself, 25 years ago, if you would have told me that this would be my life, I'd be like, no way. Right. So I just think that to realize that as much as we plan, life definitely has its own twists and turns. And to also, you know, when the movie came out, I was so worried, right? Like, oh, and again, that ended up being nothing, right? People actually wanted to come to me. And that the most important thing for me as a person today is trusting my gut and being authentic. I I work with my patients, as you know, on that, like not self-abandoning, not self-sacrificing yourself while you stay in relationship, you know? And that's yeah. why therapy's great. Yeah. Are there different kinds of therapy that you recommend for people? Like, so you mainly specialize in talk therapy, correct? What about, what about like somebody that is a trauma, like went through severe trauma, PTSD survivor, are there certain things that you might tell them that they need to do as well? Yeah. So, so I got my doctorate in somatic psychotherapy, which means that, you know, you bring the body into the therapy encounter but that all kind of changed a lot with COVID, right? And now I do a lot of Zoom. So, but I do think when you've experienced trauma, you have to incorporate the body. So I think EMDR is great, right? Any sort of somatic psychotherapy, any sort of yoga, anything that gets you into your body and gets you connected to your body. Because when you've experienced trauma, you want to leave your body, which makes mm-hmm. sense because it's too much to feel. So I also studied a... um a postdoc training called the Neuro Effective Relational Model, which that name is such a tongue twister, but that's a somatic theory that deals with trauma. There's sensory motor psychotherapy, um, accelerated experiential dynamic psychotherapy. So there are a bunch of really good acceptance and commitment therapy, but I think for trauma bond survivors, survivors working with a trauma-informed therapist and EMDR is probably the best. Yeah. Do you, do you, where, where are you today with Jordan? Do you guys have a, like a okay relationship? I've never we really do. asked you this before. Okay. Yeah, so we do because my daughter just gave birth, you know, yeah. and we want to, we want to be good grandparents and we're, you know, this is kind of the fun stage now. My kids are, I got them through the and now I get to the the heart, and now I and now so yeah, we respect each other. We certainly so there is so there is hope. I mean, not like you're going to be best friends, but no. there is hope for somebody. I think it's important for people to hear that that you you know you can get out of these situations. I was recently watching What's Love Got to Do with It. 
Oh yeah, that's a good and one. I and I for some reason I don't know why I started thinking about you, and I'm like, oh well, that's weird that I'm thinking about Dr. Renee, but I also think about so many women that struggle with this kind of stuff in life, and what you brought up in the beginning is that she she did have a plan. I mean, she yes. finally left like really because she had to. She had no other way out, but. Like if you've seen the movie, it's the Tina Turner. It's about Tina Turner and escaping Ike Turner, and in the in the scene where she runs across the street and goes to this hotel, and he had beaten her up so badly. I don't know why, but I just I think about the way that human beings are, and the thing that makes me the saddest about all of this is it's we come into the world so innocent, right? Mm-hmm. And the things that happen to us as yeah. children and babies yeah. really scar us and turn us into these people. Mm-hmm. And I I don't want to say evil, but I, I mean, I'm sorry. Like that's how it feels. And that that's what that was yeah. when I saw that movie. And yeah. I had gotten an email from my daughter's teacher the other day, and I was really impressed by it. Actually, it was about it was about them doing an exercise at school and putting this like a blank piece of paper down and writing a word that somebody had said to them in like ever they've ever heard or a mean word and then crumpling up the paper mm-hmm. and then unfolding it. And then they continue to put these words down to the point where the paper is completely crumbled up and they can't straighten the paper at all. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was a pretty interesting exercise because it's so true how your childhood trauma or whatever it is, if you're somebody that was abused as a child, you will prop there's most likely you're going to end up doing it. And it's a cyclical thing, but it can, it can always be stopped with therapy and all the things that we have today. So I just kind of wanted to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, I do. Listen, there is that saying, hurt people, hurt people. Mm-hmm. Right. And I always say this, you have to get a license to drive a car, not to be a parent. Can somebody please explain that to me? You know, it's um, it's the hardest job in the world. And I, I do think that it's, we have, you know, we have a problem. We don't te- teach people about relationships, how to be healthy in relationships. And I really think we should do it in school and of course in the home. Know how to have boundaries, how to say no, how to hold on to yourself while you're in a relationship, and especially for women living in the patriarchy, mm-hmm. right? We've we've felt subordinate for a very long time. And so, think, you know, I think the, that we continue to feel subordinate. Yeah, and I mean, so it's the biggest thing for women. It is. And yeah. and in the patriarchy, there's a hierarchy, right? That's the whole mm-hmm. thing about the patriarchy. Somebody's above, somebody's down. And so you know, what I'd like to see in relationships is where we have two equals. I can be in my power and be connected. My husband can be in his power and be connected. My children can be in their power and be relational and connected. And that's what I think, you know, I, I hope that we're striving towards. We've got a long way to go, yeah. but it is possible. So as far as the book goes, let's go back yeah. to the book. Are, are What are some key components that you're excited for people to read and learn from your book? Okay, so the book has three sections, and the first section is um, the four couples that I described that exemplify a trauma bond. 
The second chapter is called, Is He Twisted or Tender? I love that. And that's about the pathological lover. And then the third describes what a trauma bond is. The second section describes the female's personality and her traits, even though everybody can get sucked up by these people. So, mm-hmm. but it's important to know about your own personality, the emotional scars you get from the trauma, and then how to leave safely. And then the third section is how to heal. So it was, yeah, it was just such an amazing experience. It was the hardest thing I've ever done, but I know it's necessary. Do you talk about where the couples are today? No. Oh yeah, I do. Actually I do. And and, and yes, when I explain them, yes. um, Most of the women I think leave. (laughs) Yeah. But, but yeah. they all have their own ways and reasons for leaving. Okay. Okay. I think I'm so excited to read it when it comes out. I'm going to pre-order it. I think it's so important. Um, you know, I want my listeners to really know this woman is such an inspiration to me. I mean, she truly, like, I'm going to get emotional, but she truly saved my life. No, it was a life worth saving. Yeah. And I don't know why I get emotional all the time. I think it's a lot. I have a lot going on right now. But um, I will just say I've learned so much from you. So if there's one person that I can tell my listeners to go out and get a book from, it's you. Because you're so smart. You're just one of the most wonderful people I know. And you really, you really did like you've saved, I'm sure more lives than just mine. And I just will forever Mm -hmm. be grateful to you because, um, your work is so important and all the people that you've helped. I mean, I can tell my listeners, I have multiple friends that you've helped. You've also helped me. And I think the person I'm going to name another person would be okay with me mentioning this. So when I, I talk about in an, if you want to listen to an early episode and you want to hear how bad I was at podcasting in the beginning, go back to my first episode. <laughs> but I tell this story about how I, um, I lost it. I mean, I really did. I was at a party and this woman came up to me and she, I was the, one of the people that hurt me so badly was standing across a room and I saw her and I had been drinking too much. And this woman comes up behind me and like grabs me under my ribs. And I just, it was like the perfect storm of holding stuff in for six months. And she's like, I turn around and I just lashed out at her. I'm Irish and Italian and you don't mess with somebody that's Irish and Italian. I'll just say that. And, um, and I, and I cussed this girl out. And I like to share this story because this person and I are now in a good place. We go on walks. We're friendly. It's all about forgiveness in life. You're not, I mean, I'm still working on forgiving people. Don't, I mean, I talk about the Karens all the time. I'm not there. I'm, I don't know if I really ever will be. It's a work in progress. But mm-hmm. with this particular person, I am. And we're connected through this person as well. So, and mm-hmm. I know how much you've helped this person. I mean, I hate saying this person, but I don't want to use names. So, you know, I say this all the time on the podcast, what you do in your life listener matters. And the, you know, it's taking two sticks, like when you were in Girl Scouts and rubbing them together and starting the fire and then that fire spreads, 
use your life to do good. Use your life to spread positive fires. Yeah. You know, your words and your actions and the things that you do and the way that you, and most importantly, that you make people feel is what we're on this planet to like really accomplish and do. And I can just tell you that that's what you have done for me. So I will forever be grateful. I can't wait for your book to come out. Where can my listeners find you? So they can find me um, on Instagram at The Real Dr. Nadine and TikTok, Dr. Nate LMFT, and my website, drnate.com. And guess what? Save the date, Megan, January 11th. I'm having my book launch party in Manhattan Beach. I better be invited. You are. <laughs> um, I can't wait. That's so exciting. So you're coming back. Not yeah, I'm gonna though. do it. I'm gonna do it at the Neptunian Women's Club. How perfect! Oh, I is know that? where that is. Oh, that'll yeah. be so fun. Um, be I can't fun. wait to see you. I miss like seeing you in person. I know, me too. I really it's, do. It's really beautiful watching you shine and well, vice versa. I like I said, I'll forever be grateful to you. And you know, you in life, you have people that will forever impact you, and obviously, you're one of them for me. So. In closing, everybody, be happy by making other people happy. The things that you do in life matter. You matter. Your story matters. Keep going. Thanks, Dr. Nay. Thank you for having me on, Megan. Judging Megan with Megan Judge. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection. Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection. Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com.